Hammer Time, episode number 10. Today, we will finally discuss week one college football, which is upon us. Sorry for everybody that had to watch that week zero last week. Um, just kind of laughable football. We will quickly recap week zero, and then we'll get into my week one games, the week one board, and leans maybe that I have. Um, so first, before we do any of that, though, I'd like to thank all the sponsors per usual. If you don't use Anchor for your podcast or for your um, streaming service, then I just don't know what to tell you. If you are a podcast owner and or creator, it is the perfect middleman to get it on Spotify or whatever platform you distribute it on. Uh, I use Anchor, and it's fantastic. The rest of the uh, sponsors, thank you guys so much. Smythe Automotive, Serenity Apparel, Student Painting, UC. Let's get straight into it. This is a lot of information and hopefully a um, good note to start off the week here before all these week one games roll around. It is Tuesday right now, so we still have four more days. I'm trying to get all this stuff out to you guys before Wednesday morning so that I can say that I was ahead of all these lines and all these characters and people that come out with their picks. I don't want anybody else telling me how I'm fading or taking people's picks and making them my own. I'm not doing that at all. I can't tell you how many hours I've looked into this Phil Steele magazine or done my own research on the side. So we will be putting out these picks pretty early, hopefully before midweek, most weeks, and I'll recap every single week and we can discuss how we did, where I was off, where I was on, and how we can use that information to get better. So recapping week zero, my podcast picks went two for three. I threw in a dumbass teaser, partly based off of Rico and Big Cat from the Barstool Pick'em. But as far as the games discussed my podcast, I was pretty happy about it. UConn played fantastic. They were actually up 14-0 at one point against Utah State. Uh, And then Vanderbilt killed Hawaii, which I'd been telling you guys for however many weeks now was going to be the case. I won't call you a square to your face, but I'll tell you how many of you squares should have listened to me because all I saw on my Twitter timeline was Hawaii plus nine, Hawaii plus seven and a half, Hawaii plus eight and a half. You guys all should have just listened when I was telling you. I I can't tell you how many texts I received saying, oh my God, or okay, I promise I'll listen to you next time. You should have just listened from the beginning and you would have been turning that game off with me, just like I did when they went up by about 28. They beat Hawaii 63-10. to 10. So, go Vandy. UConn, uh, like I said, was a 28-point underdog, up 14 nothing. And again, those were both turnoff games. I stopped watching. I wasn't sweating. Uh, Nebraska and Northwestern, though, was as ugly as it was advertised. The over-under was set at 50 and a half. And they cleared that pretty much halfway through the third quarter. That was also a turnoff game in the opposite direction. That was a very poor pick on my end, and I'll own that one. The tackling was just piss poor. Um, And both teams, who kind of notoriously have better defense than offense, showed the exact opposite. Uh, And I don't even know that they showed they have great offense. They just showed they had bad, bad defense. I'll chalk that up to week zero and in Ireland, though, and just being a weird kind of week. I'll continue to fade whoever's playing, uh, or I'll continue to fade Nebraska and Northwestern for the majority of the year. 
one personal goal of mine is to be way better on over and unders. It's not that I'm bad at them. I just don't really do them that often. And there's going to be a little learning curve there for me. That was a bad start for me in that department. And I'll blame it on tackling, but got to be better. Uh, so let's just jump straight in. There is, for the vast majority of the games that we'll discuss this year, they're going to be big, big time matchup, big time games, big time players. It's important, though, that we find our spots, too, in those under-the-radar games. There are going to be a couple of games here we discussed week one. But for the most part, this is a pretty good slate. Um, I love this slate. I don't know that that means that I'll do well. I've said that in the past and done really well. But there is undoubtedly going to come a week this year where I tell you guys how much I love the slate and I miss 75% of them. That's not going to be the case this week, I don't think, but um, it could very well happen being week one. So I will be at this game, WVU versus Pitt. This is college game day on Thursday. A pair of former teammates and former USC quarterbacks square off in a sellout crowd. I got Pitt minus seven. I've seen lines all over the place from minus seven and a half to minus six. I'll stick with the seven. It's a good football number. Uh, not a good number for a favorite, but I uh, will take it, and especially rivals. New quarterbacks, new offensive coordinators. I like the under here a lot. I'm not going to touch it. Uh, I don't really need to talk about any of these two teams. I've talked plenty about Pitt in my previous podcast. I love their defense. I love Slovis, and I like Narduzzi, so... I was going to talk to you about how much I think Penn State is going to cover that three, or at the point in time it was two and a half. Now it's minus three and a half, and I have flip sides. Uh, Clifford is a dog. I think highly of him. I know he's a good character guy. I don't have anything really bad to say about him. Penn State and Purdue both come into this game unranked. Um, Penn State is probably the bigger name brand right now and i do have a future on them to win so this is not a hedge but uh i did flip picks here i'm gonna take i'm gonna go ahead and go with purdue plus three and a half i think that quarterback there starting his sixth year i believe his name's aiden o'connell or something like that and he has a number of big time wins and uh, big time moments and he is just a air attack quarterback and he is capable of making big big plays and definitely playing in big big games he beat michigan state last year when they were the number three team in the country 40 to 29 he's beat a number of other good teams like that uh, and he keeps things close i think he'll keep things close with them and i do think he's the better quarterback between the two uh, they have played spoiler a lot and this could easily blow up in my face and i should have sat there and said oh, i told you so and uh but we'll see i'm gonna for the time being, I will stick with this Purdue, and I actually put two units on this one. So this is one of my more confident picks that I just made, um, but it doesn't help that I circled back on it. Oregon and Georgia. Oregon gets Georgia's defensive coordinator and Dan Lanning. This is a neutral site technically, but it'll be 75% plus UGA fans there in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They'll be very familiar with uh, them, and 17.5 points is a lot. Both teams have talent, but one team literally knows the complete ins and outs of all players and coaches at the other school. Uh, the quarterback playing for that team is in familiar territory, having played at Auburn, and he has got something to prove. The Ducks have burnt me badly, and they have also won me a lot of money in previous years, and this year I'm looking to fly high with the Ducks again, potentially all season, and I'll 
tell you guys this, I may even sprinkle a little bit on the money line for this game. Uh, I think it's going to be a tremendous game to watch, and I think when you have a head coach in Lanning who probably knows that much and is that familiar with you know, the team that they're going against, I just think that two-and-a-half touchdowns is way too much. Um, Ohio State, Notre Dame is going to be drama-filled. Marcus Freeman's history with Ohio State and two very storied programs. Uh, Heisman candidates, fan bases. Ohio State's had fits with Oregon and Michigan last year. Uh, they'll be one of the best teams in the country this year, but not so fast. They'll start out slow, and week one is goofy. They will have a physical Midwest football game here, and it should be awesome to watch. Since 1979, there have been just three top five meetings with a spread of at least 17. All three uh, times the dogs have covered and I am going to stick with my pick I took it a week ago at 15 and a half one unit and now it's at 17 I'll double down there and I'll go two units total uh, so hopefully Notre Dame keeps it under 15 and a half and I can win both but for any weird reason should it land exactly on like 16 or something like that then um, I'll regret that but for the time being yeah I will take Notre Dame uh, some other picks here, Arkansas minus seven, the Jimmies and Joes of the Bearcats are gone. They lost their, probably their best quarterback of all time. Their, uh, best running back from last year, the best receiver from last year, two all American corners and two defensive linemen to the draft. Uh, the best rushing offense in the SEC last year returns the most talent in the SEC and Arkansas and I think they kind of roll UC at home. I just don't see a way that Fickle doesn't have one down year. Uh, they have been so good and really fun to watch. Uh, and again, I'll be at a number of those games this year. It's not that I have anything against UC or Fickle. Um, I think he's a great coach, and I actually think that he's one of the, probably one of the top five to ten coaches in the country. They'll be back, but um, not without having a couple – maybe a down year or a couple down games and I think this is a good spot here for Arkansas minus seven should be pretty doable and I like that quarterback there they got um I like him a lot Bama this is my lock of the week my hammer lock of the week I have four units on them at minus 40 they are going to destroy Utah State Utah State let UConn hang 14 on them before they kicked it in gear last week and they only beat UConn by like 11 or something like that. That is one of the worst teams in college football uh, year in and year out. Uh, and Alabama is going to roll them. So from 2011 to 2019, uh, as a 35-point-plus favorite, Alabama went 5-15 and 15 against the spread. Since 2019, things have changed drastically. Alabama has covered each of its last four games in this situation, outscoring its opponents 237 to 27. That is somewhere around 60 to 6. Uh, you guys can all do the math there. That would put you at about a 54-point uh, um, favorite, and this is 40. So uh, they should be over that by two touchdowns. And if you listen to me on Sunday, the spread is now 42. So i try to get it before it gets up to like 45. I think by Friday or Saturday it's going to be there. So that's my lock of the week, Bama minus 40. 
Uh, next game, BYU, they play USF. USF has 80, 86% of their starters returning. Unfortunately for them, though, BYU returns 88%, and BYU is not going to forget what happened last year, especially with all those starters. Uh, they were 23-point favorite a year ago, and they barely snuck out a win against what finished as a 2-10 and USF team. Uh, bad, bad team. They probably just slept on them a little bit. Part of it was probably matchups, but I watched the game, and they just didn't play that well. USF has five straight covers as a home underdog. Um, BYU has three straight losses as an away favorite. USF picks up Bohannon from Baylor at quarterback, and Bohannon already beat BYU once last year. Everything about everything I just said says stay the hell away from BYU and take USF, but I still can't see it. BYU rolls, minus 12, one unit. USC this is self-explanatory. They play Rice. They are a 34-point favorite. Every projection model thing I've seen from however, whatever website, CBS Sports, Action, whatever, they all say take Rice uh, with the points. I have talked so much about Caleb Williams and USC. I just don't see a way that 34 points is what they stay inside of. They are going to kill them, in my opinion. So I'm rolling with them one unit. And finally here, my last write-up, Oklahoma plays UTEP, who just got crushed by North Texas 31-13. Oklahoma is going to smack them in the mouth. This is an interesting stat. The last two times Oklahoma was favored by more than 30, they barely pulled off both. Uh, last year was Tulane to start the year in a very similar game. They were 30-something point favorites, and they beat Tulane by like five in an ugly game. Uh, and then previous to that was Army, and they won by seven. So I know, again, there are the numbers kind of say, what are you doing? But this is a different Oklahoma team. Venables is going to have those boys fired up, just like he did at Clemson. And he is a kind of mastermind there. I think uh, with that Gabriel kid there back at quarterback, they're just going to continue to run it up, and they got a point to prove this year, losing all those players. So um, not a typical year there in Oklahoma and I don't think they can rest too easy so uh, 31 or 30 whatever it is I think they covered up running through these games here 13 official games Bama minus 44 units Notre Dame plus 15 one unit plus 17 one unit Arkansas minus 7 two units Pitt minus 7 1.5 Purdue minus or Purdue I'm sorry plus uh, 3.5 uh, BYU minus 12. I have Oregon plus 17 and a half. I have Oklahoma minus 31. USC minus 34. And I have four other games I threw in there that I really liked. Illinois plus three. They play at Indiana. Indiana had that 7-0 against the spread season in 2020, the weird year. Last year they stunk. I think they were one of the worst teams against the spread last year. I think they Illinois looked really, really good against Wyoming week one. And I think they get it done. Also centering kind of around Wyoming here is Tulsa, minus six. Um, Wyoming, I uh, want to say, went the quarterback for Wyoming went five for 20 last week for 30 total yards and an interception. Uh, Tulsa's, you're going to have to put up more points and do a little bit better than that. And six is just way too low. Um, another area we went here was Boise State. I talked about them. Uh, I think 
they're going to be a pretty solid team to watch this year. Plus three. I'm not even sure they should be uh, underdog in that game. They might win outright. And Western Kentucky is playing the Rainbow Warriors, who I'm going to fade all season. Western Kentucky is a 16-point favorite, and I'm taking them. They are back out there in Hawaii and Weird Island. And I think that uh, Western Kentucky hangs a big one on them. Maybe not as much as Vanderbilt did, but 16 still seems too low to me. So that is where we are. I'll just finish it up kind of with this. Um, baseball, whenever I bet, I don't even watch. I just kind of check scores. If I win, I win. Lose, I lose, whatever. Football is different. I watch every game, follow every game live. If I have seven bets out, I'll probably be watching all seven. Um, so for the vast majority of the games we discussed this year, they are going to be games that I'm watching, games that I have action on. And I'll probably, even if I'm not watching them, we'll still check in on other scores and games. There's going to be a lot of things I pick up, and there's going to be even more things that people listening to this pick up. So message me, text me. You guys all have my number. You guys all can DM me. Uh, Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your thoughts on these episodes and my picks. Hopefully you tailed last week, and hopefully you tail again this week. Like I said, I really like this board, and uh, this slate of games looks, looks pretty good on paper. How things actually shake out week one will yet to be seen, but uh, I feel confident. Before Saturday, at some point in time, I'm going to uh, recap some of those lines that I tweeted out earlier this week so you can see just how much they moved. Like I said, my hammer play this week is Alabama minus 40 has already moved two points in two days. I'm guessing by Friday it's going to move in three in three more days. I'm guessing it's going to move at least three more points. So uh, that's a big number to look at. That's my favorite game this week. And the rest of these games we'll discuss next week and we talk about week two. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you all so much. Hammer time, out.